Today is Wednesday, May 16th, and this is Celtics Beat on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. Episode 263 featuring Ben Rohrbach of Yahoo Sports is brought to you by Casper. Go to casper.com slash Celtics and use the promo code Celtics for $50 off select mattresses. Terms and conditions apply. This show is also brought to you by Hymns. My listeners get a special trial month of Hymns for just $5 by going to 4 slash CLNS. All right, guys, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm just going to be honest. I'm having a little bit of trouble processing what is going on right now. The Cel- Oh, my God. The Celtics are up 2-0 on the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James in the Eastern Conference Finals. They are 2 freaking wins away from reaching the NBA Finals without Kyrie Irving, without Gordon Hayward, without the continuity that we all expected to be here this year. LeBron James has reached seven straight NBA Finals since the last time the Celtics got there in 2010 and now the Seas without any superstars. All due respect, Al Horford, are on the verge of ending his run with this 2-0 lead in the East Finals. Welcome into Celtics Beat. I'm Adam Kaufman. We've got a great show planned for you. A great conversation with Ben Rohrbach coming up from Yahoo Sports. Most importantly, before we dive into some other stuff, subscribe. We want to hear from you. You can subscribe to this show, Celtics Beat, on iTunes. You can listen to it on the CLNS YouTube page. Or if it's easy for you, whatever, follow me on Twitter, at Adam M. Kaufman. I tweet the thing out constantly. Links are everywhere. Just subscribe, leave us comments, leave us ratings. Five stars are great. If you're willing, we want to hear from you, and we want to know that you're enjoying the show. Or if you're not, if you want something done differently or better, we want to hear that as well. But again, let's dive into this, because there's not a whole lot that I want happening differently or better with these Boston Celtics. How are they doing this? All right, how are they doing what they are doing to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and for that matter, throughout this postseason run? It's a multitude of reasons. They want it more. I know that sounds sort of cheeky and cliche. It's true. Have you been watching these games? I'm not going to say that wasn't even necessarily true of the Bucks, who forced them to seven. But they clearly were more invested than the Sixers were. And they absolutely are against this Cavaliers team. They want it more. The intangibles matter, like heart, spirit, toughness, grit. There's zero quit in this team. Practically wire-to-wire win in Game 1. Game 2, come back from down 11 in the first half, have that amazing third quarter to turn a 7-point deficit entering the quarter into a 7-point lead entering the fourth quarter. And scary Terry, Terry Rozier, big part of that with 14 points in the frame. But as Al Horford knows, there's no quit. They're just being themselves. It's the message that is filtered down from Brad Stevens. They are playing Celtics basketball. We just play hard. We, we go out there, we compete. You know, it's Celtics basketball. We're, we're really embracing Celtics basketball. Playing hard, we got each other's backs, and that's it. I generally hate that, and I, I sometimes tease it, you know, the Patriot way or, or things like that, but it's, it's true. For certain teams that are just special, that are different, it's true. There is an internal philosophy that matters, that you don't see everywhere else. And we are seeing that. And part of it is not just the message. Part of the success is obviously the roster balance. Each quarter of Game 2, for instance, had a different leading scorer who had a great individual run. Jalen Brown in the first. Jason Tatum in the second. Terry Rozier is mentioned in the third. Horford there in the fourth quarter is a bright core with this team, a bright, great 
long, dominant future ahead. But you're seeing, whether in consistent quarters or series or short bursts, not just games, you're seeing the talent, the balance that this team has that Brad Stevens is well aware of. You feel comfortable going to every one of those guys with the game on the line and then some, right? Obviously, we've done it. We've gone to Tatum. We've gone to Morris. We've gone to Smart. So, you know, you feel good about all of those guys as guys that can make plays in big moments. Marcus Morris, I'm glad you brought him up. How about the defense against LeBron James? Never mind the double-double in game one when he went over 20 points and had his first really good game of this postseason. The defense against LeBron James. LeBron has scored 11 points on 4 of 14 shooting against Marcus Morris, specifically with Morris defending him on 56 plays. You know what he has against everybody else? Over 80 plays, 41 points on 16 of 28 shooting. Totally different guy, but Morris isn't going to tell you it's all him. It's not just me. Everybody played their part in guarding him. He's obviously the best player in the game. You need multiple guys and, and, and team. To, to guard him the entire game. And I just think we did a great job of that. You know what, though? Not enough can be said about the other Marcus. Marcus Smart. Celtics are 8-2 and two since Smart returned from his thumb injury. The hustle, the toughness, the grit, the way he rounds out a box score. Game 2, 11 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds, 4 steals, plus 21 in that win in 31 minutes. His effort is contagious. He's a heart and soul player. Horford talks about him all the time. It's all the hashtag winning plays, the the ability to get 50-50 balls, hell, to get, you know, 20-80 balls. The guy is everywhere he needs to be. There were so many sequences in the first couple of games, or the last several games, or especially in game two, where you see Marcus Smart for all that he is on full display. The guy's a straight-up winner. Jalen Brown knows it. He, he's the one with his hands dirty. I'm just happy he's on our side. You know, tremendous effort from him on, the, on one of the biggest stages that we've all played on. So, I mean, I commend Smart for coming with that hard hat that he always has. And, of course, the coaching. Brad Stevens is going to be the NBA Coach of the Year. Maybe not this year when he gets top three, or maybe he doesn't get that respect from his peers who are all jealous as sin of him, but at some point in time, he's going to be a Coach of the Year in this league. Maybe multiple times, like the Greg Popoviches of the world, and he'll certainly be a champion. I'm certain of that. I just am. I'm I'm certain that he is going to bring a banner or more to Boston. But as much as I've mentioned all of that, it hardly tells the story, right? This is, again, it's a special, special run. And by NBA standards, this is one of the most special postseason runs I think we've ever seen, or at least in recent memory. The Pistons won in 2004 without a superstar. Nobody averaged even 18 points or a double-double on that team. Certainly were not an elite scoring team. They did it with their defense, kind of like the Celtics. Seas have an all-star in Al Horford, but he's 31, and most people like to bicker over whether he's worth his max contract in the first place. I don't. I love him, and I love the deal. Maybe... Brown, Tatum, Rozier. Maybe these guys will be superstars one day. I certainly believe the first two will. Terry, I hope he is as well, whether that's here or elsewhere. I love the kid. I I love the fire. I hope he's successful in Boston or elsewhere. But the point is, don't let hindsight 10 years from now make you look back at this run differently and say, well, look at all the guys they had on that team. The Browns and the Roziers and the Tatums. It didn't matter. They didn't have Irving and Hayward. Look how talented they were. They're not superstars now. They might be one day. I think they will be one day, but they're not now. Brown is 21. Tatum just turned 20. Rozier never started an NBA game before a couple of months ago. They have all, maybe with the exception of Brown, been thrust into their positions this year and were unprepared for them to the degree that they have had to take them on, and they have thrived. 
all while Irving and Hayward have watched from the bench. It's insane. What we are seeing right now is insane. And the Celtics are just two wins away from reaching the NBA Finals without those guys. If you thought you saw that coming, you are a liar. With that, let's bring in Ben Rohrbeck, covers the NBA for Yahoo Sports, also writes about the Seas with his Parquet Post columns. Ben, you know, there aren't enough superlatives to fully describe or praise what the Celts have done. Underdogs against the Bucks, heavily picked against uh, versus the Sixers, even more widely presumed losers to LeBron, but now two wins away from the NBA Finals. Is there a secret to the success we just haven't caught on to? The only thing that I, that keeps coming back to me is just how many matchup problems they're creating for everybody else, uh, especially against the Cavs. You know, they obviously have LeBron, which is a huge mismatch for anybody, but they have mismatches everywhere else on the floor, and that's just hard for other teams to overcome. They have seven guys pretty much in their rotation that are all very good players, and they're all producing. Well, and guys that clearly can switch freely, they're long, they're athletic, they're such a different team, different makeup than what they were last year. I mean, even Wick Grosbeck, co-owner, went on 98.5 this week and was discussing just how that group, it wasn't going to get them to where they wanted to be, and so they felt the need to turn things over to where they are now. And much of what you're talking about, the uh, the switchability, the versatility, it, it starts with Brad Stevens, clearly, but with what he's done with... You consider the the best player in the series, at least in terms of pure raw talent, has been on the other side in each of these series, whether it was Giannis Antetokounmpo, then Joel Embiid, and now LeBron James. And it I don't, I don't know why I'm still somewhat amazed by it at points, but the fact that they just have, they have no qualms about letting those guys individually get theirs and just trying to limit everybody else around them. And it's worked. It's worked beautifully. Yeah, it was it was wild last night. I mean, they they basically played rope a dope with LeBron and let him go off in the first quarter. And Marcus Morris was talking about it after the game. They they just sort of knew they were going to be able to chip away, chip away, and then make a push when when sort of LeBron tired out and he had to rely on everybody else. And that that's that's what they've been doing all the playoffs. Which players stood out most to you for the Celtics during this run? That can be just throughout. doesn't have to be specific to this series. I mean, the young guys have just been unbelievable. Rogier, you know, has sort of come out. and he, he was good all year, but I don't think anybody thought he was this good. He's been, especially at home, he's been unbelievable. But Tatum and Brown, I mean, we talk about them being 20 and 21 years old, mm-hmm. but they're – they're like stars right now. I mean, Brown especially. Last night, he was he was incredible. He went toe-to-toe with LeBron, you know, in that first quarter. He really kept the Celtics in it. Tatum's been a little more spotty, but um, but in the Philadelphia series, he, he was incredible. I mean, these guys are these guys are legit stars right now. I want to talk about all these guys. Let's start with Rozier and just more of a national conversation that's kind of been driving me up a wall lately. I I almost said to myself going into the show, I'm not even going to talk about it. It's so stupid, I'm not even going to talk about it. But you're certainly familiar with what it is. And for anyone out there that may not be, I I have spent some time this week, at least on Twitter, just 
dumping on national guys who have been living in the moment, wowed by Terry Rozier, and, and rightfully so. Scary Terry and all that, he's been great. But the suggestion has emerged from people who I'm convinced just don't pay attention of trading Kyrie Irving. I believe it's one of the dumbest <laughs> topics out there. People will be reminded of that if and when Boston does move on and get waxed by Golden State. If knee concerns are real, that's different. But if he's okay, this is just it's, – it's idiocy. How do you view all of what has been said as, as narratives have been spun, never mind the, the, the foolish conversations that are going to take place during this long Game 2 to Game 3 layoff? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's just – that's crazy. I, I mean, anyone who says that wasn't really watching what was happening earlier in the season. Kyrie was basically a top-five MVP candidate until later in the season when he sort of – they dial him back and then the, he had some knee issues. I mean, he, he he was unbelievable. And the Celtics were on pace to win, like, you know, 50, 60 games with him. <laughs> Any suggestion that – that they should get rid of him. He's twenty, still twenty five years old. I mean, he what's he one year older than than Rogier? Right. I mean, he, he, I think they've that, accomplished different insane. things at this point too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's insane. Well, I, I guess I get the conversation from like a money standpoint. If that's sort of your argument, and down the line you're going to have to keep all you're gonna, if you want to keep all these guys, but. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> well, and, and, but let's like a, let's go with that, though. Let's let's say that because we feel the same way about this, but I'm, I'll devil's advocate the thing a little bit. Is salary relevant to you at all in this conversation, in this in this Irving versus Rozier debate? You know, it'd be one thing if you were talking about Irving and Tatum, you know, five, six years apart. They play the same position if if they did. I know they don't. But if they did like a Irving Rozier dynamic, but. When you then factor in age like you just talked about and that they're so close that it's barely any difference, why would you even be thinking about, I don't know, do you, do you have to save all that money on Rozier compared to an Irving just to give the money to Tatum and, and Brown, et cetera? I don't know that you do if, if Wick and others are true to their word about being willing to pay into the luxury tax. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of been my thought of, throughout this whole conversation. It's Like, I would... I would do everything I can to keep these guys together at least for next year just because this is a this is basically a championship level team next year and you you have a chance to keep all these guys you have them under control you can match whatever um smart gets this off season and then you'll have uh the same opportunity with Rogier the following year and th- these are proven guys so they're they have they have value going forward, so you can, if you need to trade them at any point in the future, then you can do that. But, but I don't really understand just sort of letting them go or, or dumping guys just to just to sort of like think three or four years down the line. This is a team that can win the championship next year. To me, the craziest aspect of this whole Kyrie conversation again from national people at least I I haven't listened to a lot of local Boston radio lately so maybe it's existed there as well but I know nationally whether it's Chris Broussard or whether it's Colin Coward guys like I'm sure probably uh, you know Max Kellerman guys like that this suggestion that 
Kyrie Irving wanted out of Cleveland to go to a place where he could be the man, that it could be his own team, and where he can be the face and be successful. And now that he has been out and the team is having all the success without him and shown it can succeed without him, that he's very quietly not happy, that that he's not enjoying this success because it's it's making him insecure, that it's rendering him, you know, lacking in value. Do, do you think, and I don't, especially watching him on on the bench and, and how excited he has been and, and smiles galore, do you think there's any merit at all to him being a flight risk when his contract is up because this team has shown hey, at least to get to this stage, not to get over the hump, not to not to climb Everest, as he talks about, to win a championship, but to get where they are in this moment, that he's not necessarily needed. No, <laughs> I don't buy that. Um, I feel like, yeah, the, it, part of it was getting away from LeBron and sort of being the guy, but I think more of it was sort of him having fun playing basketball again. He talked a lot about like growing as a basketball player, learning under a guy like Brad Stevens, playing the game a different way where it's sort of everybody's involved and it's not just focused on one player. Um, I think it's sort sort of more that for him. And and if that's the case, then why would you be unhappy here? I mean, he also is playing with a lot of guys closer to his age. They're all in their early 20s, and they can grow together. And he'll still be the alpha when he comes back. I mean, they're, I don't see them winning against Golden State in the next round. And he has an opportunity to come back next year and be the guy who gets them over the hump, and he'll be the, the savior. I mean, <laughs> he'll, he'll take them to the next level, and that's sort of everything that he would want, right? I would think so. I mean, it, that's that's to me, you know, LeBron can be the face and leader and, and all-purpose everything for the Cavs, as, as a lot of other NBA stars in their respective cities are. To me, and, and I'm not going to pretend I know Kyrie Irving personally, but what you hear from him and what you observe and some of the things you just talked about seems to me like he's the kind of guy that's perfectly fine being the quote-unquote face of the Boston Celtics, even though it is Brad Stevens' team. I don't think he needs a team to be his team in order to be happy. Yeah, I feel like it's he just doesn't want it to be, you know, LeBron's team. He doesn't want to be on a team where it's all about another player. You know, this this one guy. I mean, yeah. I think he's he I mean, the same here. I I I can't pretend to know what's going on in his head cuz he says some wild things, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, I mean, based on everything he says, it seems like this is sort of an ideal situation for him. We'll get back to Ben in a second. I want to tell you today's episode of Celtics Beat is brought to you by Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best sleep one night at a time. You spend one third of your life sleeping. Why be uncomfortable? Casper products are designed with you in mind. Everything they make supports 
any type of body. Not sure what mattress is right for you? Start with the original Casper. With over 20,000 reviews, it's quickly becoming the internet's favorite mattress. The Casper is equipped with multiple supportive memory foams and it regulates your body temperature throughout the night. And Casper sells more than mattresses, by the way. They also sell sheets and pillows to ensure a better overall sleep experience. And they do it all at affordable prices because they can sell directly to you. And you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. If you don't like it, no sweat. Free shipping and returns to customers in the U.S. and Canada. What are you waiting for? Get $50 off select mattresses by going to casper.com slash Celtics and using the promo code Celtics at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get back to the show. In the uh, spirit of, I guess, putting a bow on this aspect of the conversation, I know you said if it were up to you, you'd run it back. This is a, a very talented team, but Danny Ainge is unpredictable. We know that. On a smaller scale, I mean, who knows what he could do on a larger scale. I would even include dealing Terry Rozier to be a smaller move, despite what he has done this postseason and, and late in the regular season, compared to other things that he could do, as people like to talk about Kawhi Leonard and all that. Do you believe that Rozier will be traded? Is this a possible sell-high moment for him, given what he's shown he can do, what he can do in this league, and obviously what his salary is next year? Yeah, I mean, anything's possible with Danny, right? But but uh, he does love Rozier. We we know that. Mm-hmm. Um, my guess is that he will be on this team next year. I could see a situation where they're thinking ahead like that, especially if they're really confident that Kyrie will, will re-sign and will be completely healthy when he comes back. I mean, that's the other thing with Rozier. He's sort of an insurance policy just in case something happens in either of those regards with Irving. But, right. Um, so I, my guess is that he's here next year. Caesar 8-2 since Marcus Smart returned. I've long been a Smart fan, a defender, uh, sometimes obnoxious about it. It's nice to finally see people kind of flocking to my side as, as they pay closer attention, and some people, I would guess, kind of watching their first games all year and and you know wait for the postseason to uh to really pay attention we know you know you talk about Danny Ainge loving Rozier he certainly loves Marcus Smart Brad does too will they be willing to pay for him though and and if so how much that's a good question I mean they, they definitely were not on the same page before the year started and I think Smart was looking for a lot more money than he was probably going to get midseason. I don't know now. I mean, <laughs> the way he's playing now, and if they get into the finals and he keeps doing this, maybe someone throws a huge deal at him. I think there probably is a point where they say, okay, that's too much for us. But if you look at the landscape and just who's going to sign a guy like Smart, he's not really, I don't know, you think he's a starter? No, I don't. I mean, I, yeah, I think like he, I, I think he's he could be a starting guard on a an unimpressive team. I won't go so far as to say a bad team, but a mediocre team. But yeah. I, I think he's perfectly suited for the role that he's in on a contending team. Right. Exactly. And who who's going to pay you know fifteen million dollars a year for that guy? That's right. Just the Unless thing. they Not want a lot him to start. Have, right. Not a lot of people have cap space. And if the ones who do, I don't see them paying like that much money for a guy who's 
going to be a spark plug off the bench. No, I mean, I, I keep saying it. I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I just, it, with, and the numbers, of course, evolved with what he's done over the course of, of the time that, that the 10 games that he's returned. But I don't know. I, I feel like a, like a four for 48 feels about right for what he would be happy with and what the Celtics would pay. That was sort of, that's funny. That's ex- sort of exactly the number that popped into my head. Four years, twelve million a year, seems like just seems reasonable. Yeah. And 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 you don't, you know, you're not offending yourself by by giving that percentage of the cap to a guy who comes off the bench when he look. We we know how Brad Stevens talks about these guys, and he has said, I don't care if a guy is starting or not. Like that doesn't mean anything to me. If you're, you know, you're still going out there, and Marcus Smart is going to play starters minutes. That's the bottom line. There's some games. And we've seen it in the playoffs that he's going to go out and play more minutes than guys who start in some cases because it's all just ebb and flow of the game. Yeah, and I wonder, I wonder if there's this aspect out there. It'll be interesting where sort of you know how like guys who have left San Antonio or mm. just they're not as valued because everyone just expects that the Spurs got everything they could maximize out of them and right. they're not going to be as good. I mean, I wonder if that's going to be the case with the Celtics. Just given like guys like Crowder, Avery Bradley, Turner, guys of yeah, Evan Turner, maybe exactly. Olenek as well. Like there, there may be an aspect of of like, boy, what exactly do we get ourselves into here? After we, so we don't have Brad Stevens, the 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 whole technique, the system, and everything. It doesn't come with the player, <laughs> right? Right, and and that may hold teams off from offering a guy like Smart. A huge money to to think that he's going to maybe go to another level. Well, one guy I'm certain, you know, you brought up Avery Bradley. Of course, the trade for Marcus Morris. Celtics are absolutely happy to have this guy, and and I get asked this almost every day on Twitter. So for people that are listening, he is under contract for next year. He's not going anywhere, and a, a great deal at that. Only about five million dollars. I said coming into the series, Marcus Morris was the X factor. To me, he's been even better than expected, though. What have you seen? Yeah, I mean, I I loved Avery Bradley, but Morris is like he's sort of like the soul of this team. He he's he's been amazing. I mean, his defense on LeBron in in the second half last night was. I mean, we sort of joke about the whole whatever second best guy defending him, but. But he, he's lived up to it. The numbers are there. I mean, it yeah. bears it out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. It, and he certainly doesn't lack for confidence. And he, he just, bring, him and Smart bring this sort of attitude that permeates the rest of the team. That they just, they're not going to be afraid of LeBron James. They're just going to, they're going to take it to whoever's in front of them. And that that's, that's the that's how these Celtics are, and and that's a huge credit to Morris, I think. Well, and it's something that, that this team, going back a few years, I mean, Morris just got here, but Smart obviously drafted a few years ago. It, it th- This group had been missing that type of player w- that, that comes with talent as well. I mean, maybe the attitude was there, but the well-roundedness of that kind of player, going back to, you know, KG and Perk, like th- those guys weren't here. Yeah, yeah, and he, in the locker room, he sits near – um, Tatum, Brown, and Smart, and you can see those guys are those guys are really close. The the younger guys definitely 
sort of look up to him and he jokes around a lot about them. He talks a lot of shit to them about, you know, uh, oh, I'm, I can take you on this, whatever. And they give it right back to him. It's, <laughs> it's kind of a fun relationship to to sort of see come about because you wouldn't have really thought about that about a Morris brother coming in. You, you Maybe you would have been like, oh, I don't know. This guy's going to be like taking <laughs> these guys under the, under his wing. But, but now you're like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. That's, that's a great attitude to have. You know, we haven't spent a lot of time on Jason Tatum, you know, sort of cursory mentions, but uh, he's had a couple uneven games this series after a tremendous seven-game run. Part of that is matchups, but does he seem a, a little too hyped for the moment at times to you? Yeah. Yeah, There, it's funny. that There are, but then there's, like, points for, like, the second quarter last night. Where, where he's he, incredible, he just, yeah. He just, <laughs> he looks like, I mean he breaks out these moves that are like a 10 year vet. It's crazy. And yeah, but I I mean, it is sort of, you see the guy who's 20 years old and then he goes an entire Philadelphia series where he just lights the world on fire. So I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's a matchup thing, but he definitely has looked not the same guy this, this series. Short of Anthony Davis, who I don't even want to talk about because he's not moving anytime soon, if at all, have Jalen Brown and Tatum, have they reached untouchable status for you, knowing who we're talking about, and of course it's Danny Ainge and and nobody's untouchable and anything is on the table. In your mind, are these guys about the last possible asset Ainge would ever consider giving up? Yeah, I, I, I really think so. I mean, I was sitting next to Michael Pina last night, and there was probably like 10 or 12 times during the course of the game where we just looked at each other and we were like, holy shit, these guys are going to be so good. I mean, some of the moves <laughs> that Brown was putting putting on guys and just like attacking the basket and then Tatum's little run in the second quarter, you just see these windows that these guys could be, I mean, Tatum could be a top 10 player in the league. And then, and then, yeah, then sometimes you think, is Brown like just as good, if not better, all around player? I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy that they're this young and this good. It's, it's unbelievable. Those two, if they grow together, they're going to be a force. You know, a lot of us, we and you're included, we were all so excited going into the season with, with the offseason moves, the hype, and all of that stripped away 5-15 in when Hayward goes down, then eventually Kyrie goes down, and most people think it's going to be an abbreviated postseason run. Nobody, I don't care what people say, nobody would have envisioned this. Nobody would have gone to Vegas and put money on on this happening right now, this group potentially reaching the NBA Finals. But at the time, when Hayward went down, a lot of us looked at it and said, all right, there is a potential, I don't know about blessing in disguise, but silver lining here. And that is the development of these guys and that Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, maybe not as much Brown because he was already going to be a starter. He was penciled in. But Tatum and eventually Rozier when Irving went down, these guys are going to see more time, more responsibility. Tatum would have started every single game this year if they had decided to play him every single game. Is... Are, are we going to look back on the 2017-18 season one day, maybe one day in the very near future, and say, you know what, all those injuries, not the worst thing in the world because they're even better now than they would have been had that stuff not happened? Yeah, I sort of think there's 
there's no question about that now. I mean, the growth that these guys have made, especially in the playoffs, I mean, they're – I was thinking about this last night. They're they're like a different team than they were a couple weeks ago. I mean, every series they seem to grow exponentially. And, yeah, I think there's no doubt that they have made leaps and bounds that they would not have made if Hayward was getting 35 minutes a night, especially Tatum. Yeah, it's been, uh, I mean, crazy to watch. Uh, on the other side, because I don't want to totally ignore this series, and we'll move on to <laughs> move on to some other things in a second, but LeBron James, I mean, he was, he was openly passive in Game 1. He went off in Game 2 and uh, still got respectable performances from Kevin Love and Kyle Korver. That still wasn't enough. Celtics still won the game. Does he have enough around him to win this series? Yeah, I was I was uh, talking to Jay King last night after the game, and we're like, man, this this looks like it's getting out of hand. The Cavaliers look ready to fold, but then we're like, well, it's LeBron James. They're going back to Cleveland. It could be two to two when we come back here Wednesday, right? And you know, it's just a matter of what they get from those guys, those other guys. Is J.R. Smith and Kyle Korver going to? you know, play much better at home. Those If those guys go off, we saw in the first half last night, but they're going to be, I mean, they, they can give the Celtics a lot to handle. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked, shocked if it was 2-2, but I do think that the Celtics, the way they're playing, could steal one there. Well, and, and Game 3, a virtual must-win, I would think, if, if from the Cleveland perspective anyway. But Boston, 37-0 and with 2-0 leads in best-of-sevens all-time. And I, I know it's an all-time stat. It only means so much. And, and sort of playing that same game, teams in NBA history that have taken 2-0 leads in best-of-sevens have gone on to win the series something like 94% of the time. Are you ready to say this series is over? I sort of I sort of am. I, I just don't see them winning four out of five I mean some of those guys the the lineups they were playing last night you look out and there's like Hood and uh Hood and Jeff Green and all these guys and you're just like what what is Larry Nance you're just like what what is this team (laughs) (laughs) this is not this is not a good team and there's only so much (laughs) At some point, there's only so much that LeBron can do, and they have two more games at home. They've been playing unbelievable in Boston, and I, I think they can win a game in, in Cleveland, even if they had to. So I, I just can't see. I can't see that, that Jeff Green like quit in the last <laughs> few minutes of that game. It was crazy. I mean, those guys. Yeah, I, I don't see them winning four out of five. Well, let's pick let's pick right up there because I, uh, I I got a handful of well a whole bunch of Twitter questions from people after the game and and just sort of weeded down the list to a, a handful here. First one from Yam Yam, I, I guess Yam Yam, <laughs> uh, which is uh, what will the Celtics have to do to win one in Cleveland? I mean, just more of the same. Really, I mean, they just their defense has been has been it was so locked in in the second half last night, and it's been really good throughout the playoffs. I mean, their defense is like light years ahead of Cleveland. So 
if they can just limit the guys around LeBron and get performances from sort of three out of four from Horford, Rozier, Tatum, Brown, Morris, or three out of those five, then they'll be in the game. And, and you know, it's just a matter of whether you can keep LeBron from from winning games by himself. I like this one here from Raymond. How historic will this run be if they do make the finals? Because young teams, they don't do this. Rookies and sophomores don't impact the playoffs like this historically. What do you think? Yeah, I was sort of thinking about it last night. It's, it's I mean, as much as we talk about, like, the Brad, the aura of Brad Stevens, it's, it's unbelievable that, like, he's basically doing what he did at Butler with this underdog team and they're on the verge of getting to the finals when no one believed it. It's sort of just like along those lines. I well, I think. saw there was, the, not to cut you off, there was a, uh, I wish I could remember who who had it, there was a great tweet that uh, after the Celtics advanced, it said something like, you know, Brad Stevens took uh, a, a mid-major to the Final Four back in college, and he just took a mid-major to the Final Four in the NBA. It, it really is. It's basically the same. Yeah, and we look back on those Butler teams, as just a, like a really cool story, and I think it'll be the same for these Celtics. I mean, it's it's a really fun team to write about, and a really fun team to root for if you're a Celtics fan. All right, one more break to tell you today's episode of Celtics Beat, also brought to you by Hims. Hims is a brand new wellness brand for men. Guys, how many of you are scared of hair loss? I guess a lot of you are, considering 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. Stop procrastinating and stop turning to weird hair loss solutions. Hims is your one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. And the best part about Hims is they connect you with real doctors to treat your hair loss with actual medical-grade solutions. We're not talking about concoctions that you make at home. We're talking about prescription solutions backed by science. Just go to 4 right now. Sign-up is easy. Answer a few quick questions, and a doctor will be assigned to you. Products are shipped directly to your door. You don't have to wait in line for hours. Let Hims come to you. And my listeners get a special trial month of Hims for just $5 today while supplies last. See website for full details. This would cost you hundreds of dollars if you went to your local pharmacy. Just use my promo code, 4 slash CLNS. That's 4 slash CLNS. This year from Matt, uh, now that we know Celtics can compete for an Eastern Conference title for sure, who do you think they'll pursue to get past Golden State and win a title? I, I would say, well, how about Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward? Those are a couple of good guys to, to probably pursue and, and mix into this thing. Add a couple All-Stars to an already existing crew when you're only key free agents. Your most key free agents, not to disrespect guys like Shane Larkin or Greg Monroe, are obviously Marcus Smart, who's restricted, and Aaron Baines, who's who's uh, unrestricted, and, and I'm sure they'd like to bring back both guys. We'll see how the numbers play out. But um, without going through like upcoming salary specifics for the Seas, what do you think the, the offseason does look like short of blockbuster trades we're not even thinking about? What are the priorities? Yeah, I think I think the Baines thing is sort of the biggest issue because he's just been so good and he he provides something that really nobody else on the roster does. I mean, Horford can defend like bigger guys, but he'd rather not for a full game. And Horford uh, Baines has really 
just solidified that whole defense. Even last night, he he came in and sort of just shut off anything Tristan Thompson was trying to do in the second half. I mean, so that either trying to get him back or finding another guy who can fill that role is definitely a priority. I mean, it's hard to say there's any other major minutes to go around in the rest of the rotation. Well, I'll sort of add to Matt's question. We talked about this to some degree already, but what has this run shown you about who they are now, where they're going, and what they can be? Yeah, I mean, it's shown me that they're going to be a contender for the next, what, three or four years, maybe even longer. I mean, it's, yeah, they're, it's shown me that they're going to be probably outside of Golden State next year, the favorite to win the title. I would think I you got you got to be if 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 healthy got to got to be right there in that conversation. Um, well, here this is a good one to wrap with as far as the Twitter questions go. From uh, Joe and Dan, kind of sent these in independently. I'll just wrap them up into one fine question, which is: If the Seas make the finals, how many can they steal from either the Warriors, most likely, or the Rockets? Yeah, it's funny. Like watching that other series, I I think I tweeted this the other night, but it was just. It's almost like two different sports. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're just playing like at this offensive level that's just ridiculous. I, as much as the Celtics are like the underdog, tough team, the Warriors are are sort of a sneaky, tough team as well mentally, and they play really good defense. That's going to be hard to take. I would say more than one. I mean, you never know what these Celtics they could take to. But. They they do historically in the regular season meetings play them well. Yeah. They play them competitively, even out there at Oracle. Yeah, yeah. I just I just think that that's the point where the absence of like a Kyrie where reality sinks you. in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, because it's it's there's just too much talent there the, the thing where they had these mismatches all over the floor with like sort of their depth of of talent just sort of runs out against the Warriors well we didn't talk about the NBA draft lottery at all I don't know that we really need to because as we know the lottery balls did not bounce the Celtics way that Lakers pick went to 10 and so it uh, goes to the Sixers instead sees will focus their attention on the 2019 choice, whether that be the Sixers or more likely the Sacramento Kings, who wound up getting second in the draft lottery position. So they'll have a a high pick to make them slightly more competitive, I guess, this coming year, although I think we probably agree they're going to suck. But, you know, one victory that does make the Celtics a winner in the draft lottery, even before their victory against Cleveland, is at least that Nets pick, which in the Kyrie Irving trade, the only reason I didn't care about dealing Isaiah Thomas or Ante Zuzic or Jay Crowder my biggest hang-up, and I remember it, and I tweeted it aggressively, and I was, I was, that was my biggest aspect or, or area of being conflicted about that trade was giving up that Nets pick with that protection, where it it looked as though, I mean, come on, it's 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 right there. You could get in a, a loaded draft, you'd get a top three pick again for that to go to the Cavs and be the eighth pick after the year that Brooklyn had. That's got to be a victory. Yeah, it's crazy. I was reading. Um... Jason Lloyd, who's sort of the Cleveland, he writes for the Athletic, 
in Cleveland, and he had a, a note in his story that a Cavaliers player just said that uh, Danny Ainge is a effing thief. (laughs) (laughs) This was from a Cavs player who was talking about the Kyrie trade. And you look back, the eighth pick thing is is just a, that's a killer on that. I mean, you look at what, they're not even playing the guys that they have left over, like Nance and Clarkson and Hood. They're, They're getting almost nothing from those guys. Those are the guys that they traded Thomas right. and, and uh, Crowder, Crowder. For. and and now you get the eighth pick. Who, I mean, if it's a deep draft, maybe you get maybe you get a decent guy, but but like you traded Kyrie Irving for that. You traded <laughs> a twenty-five year old superstar, ten player, <laughs> yeah, for with, with a bad knee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's wow. That's, yeah, that's got to be tough. Well, Ben, I appreciate you hopping on, taking the time. Obviously, we covered a, a great deal of stuff and a lot of good information and insight in there. And hopefully, if all goes well and it's looking good so far, we get a few more weeks of Celtics basketball before we got to end this season and look ahead to whatever's next. Yeah, this three-day break is a killer. Well, I'm ready for game three. Unless, unless you enjoy free time. I know. Keep the momentum going. Get get back to the – I wanted the game three to start as soon as game two ended. Just run, <laughs> yeah, exactly. run them back out. Roll the balls back out there. Let's go again. Ben Rohrbach, thanks again, man. All right, thanks, Adam. All right, thanks again to Ben Rohrbach from Yahoo Sports. Also writes about the seas for the Parquet Post. A lot of great stuff in there. To no surprise, you should definitely subscribe and read his material. Did great long form on Brad Stevens and his history back at Butler and playing in high school and all that uh, very recently. Long form that uh, went over, I think, six pieces. Required reading if you're a fan of this team and, and of Brad Stevens. But once again, episode 263 featuring Ben Rohrbach of Yahoo Sports. It's brought to you by Casper. Go to casper.com slash Celtics. Use the promo code Celtics for $50 off select mattresses. Terms and conditions apply. This show is also brought to you by Hims. My listeners get a special trial month of Hims for just $5 by going to forhims.com slash CLNS. So we're out of time. We took a whole bunch of Twitter questions during the interview, which I think was a good way to handle things. So hopefully you had your question answered. If not, try again next week. These shows are only getting busier and more fun, and I don't know why we didn't just do a Warriors preview the way things have been going. Could have just jumped ahead a week, week and a half, and, and really embraced the genome moment of what is going on in this series. Thanks again to Ben, to Nick, to Larry, to Evan, everyone else at CLNS Media. Most of all, though, you. Once again, we welcome your feedback. You can get me on Twitter, at Adam M. Kaufman. If you like the shows, you want more of them, leave ratings, reviews on iTunes. You can subscribe to the CLNS YouTube channel, listen to the show there, or tons of other content like you heard earlier, player sound, post-game sound, pre-game sound, all of it. All those press conferences are available for you. So, again, we want to hear from you. We want you to be part of things. Listen in. Show us you're out there as you guys have done a great job of doing so far. With that, I'm going to get out of here, let you get on with your day, and uh, what else is there to say other than go seize, right? I'm Adam Kaufman. Take us out, Gino. Gino.